Charlie loves cherry, so he fills his froster with wild cherry, cherry cola, and tops it off with cherry limeade. It's the cherry on Charlie's day. Mix the polar pop or froster that works for you. Just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. Hey, y'all. What's up? It is December 18th, 2018, and I promised you the most authentic version of myself and I am on my way I'm in the car again you're going with me because uh you know it's I'm still a I still have to do my own thing I have been you know putting myself out there for people and giving my energy to people without knowing it full heartedly until um I got I turned myself into rehab and started reading positive thinking book which led me into um, the law of attraction books and all of that. Um, I literally saved my own life. I became my own hero. <laughs> so, um, I'm on the brink of the month of, um, January, which is when I'll have to write my book proposal. And I conquered the beast that is my corporate job. And I made it through by the skin of my teeth with occurrences and almost got let go from yet another job unfairly unlawfully whatever um yeah this would have been like the third job i i lost fourth job probably unfairly considering restaurants when they just get tired of you or you're not doing favors for them anymore they cut your hours i gotta close this window you guys are hearing all this feedback i don't want to have to scream but when restaurants like when you stop picking up shifts to help your boss or you can't work brunches anymore um, at certain restaurants where I used to work downtown Cincinnati in Norwood at um, the Norwood um, Rookwood Center right there. Um, there's a restaurant I used to work at and they completely exhaust and burn out their employees and pay them $4 an hour one day. I made that company about five grand in a 14-hour shift on mimosas and um, waffles and chicken, and they paid me $4 an hour, so four times 14, whatever that is, um, and they made like five grand off of all of my energy. You know, these are the things that prompted me to, to start working. Well, from there, I didn't know that yet, so I ended up putting the word out being vulnerable and told people about it and I got some feedback from my ex-husband who has an ex-girlfriend that works at the place I work at now and it just seemed like the cream of the crop to me I was like oh my god they have that they have that they have that and I went out there and they hired me immediately and now I got hired and I'm on the inside and I got to see how <sighs> questionable some of their um practices are and um you know that it's a corporation they're out to make money they're out to help themselves they're out to you know do what's best for them so i am still making money for a system that doesn't fully appreciate me so um i you know like as my health started to have issues I had to decide if I was going to work it out with them, just keep working and pass out and go out in a wheelchair like some people do there that don't have any concept. Not not being mean, not putting you guys down. The, the knowledge is just missing. Um, the healing is just missing. Um, 
to put yourself first. So I reached out to my social worker and um, also to my, I went to the hospital with some stuff a couple times and I just got those blessed bills in the mail yesterday. And you know what? I was so never so happy to receive a bill in my entire life because I just got $1,400 in hospital bills for two visits because I knew there was something wrong with me. I knew there was. But then the feedback I was getting from my husband was, sorry, honey, putting you on front street. Um, Something to the effect of, it's just a headache. What's the big deal? What's, you know, I don't know why you have to go to the hospital. I'm not driving you. My son is here. I had to drive myself to the hospital both times by myself. And the ER, when I went there from work, was on sweetest day. It was on sweetest day, and as I lay in there with heart monitors on, and um, my blood pressure sky high, like 165 over something, I forget what it was, but um, I'm in the hospital alone, and I know how my mom feels. I know how she walked that path alone, that, that path that said, I choose to care for myself. I choose to save my own life because I knew that that was more than what people thought it was. And because I was able to walk away from it, they think it was nothing big. But um, they didn't experience the symptoms that I experienced that day. And um, they don't live inside this body. And uh, people can get pretty ugly when they come from generations that um, go to work no matter what. That they work until their bodies are so fucking worn out that they can't be saved. Uh, We used to have to get my mom, beg my mom to go to the hospital um, or go to the doctor for her lungs because they smoked since they were like 12 years old. And I begged her, mom, please go to the doctor and get this taken care of now. Because every time she let it go too far, a cold would turn into bronchitis bronchitis would turn into pneumonia and once she got it turned into pneumonia she would finally go to the hospital and the only way to reverse the pneumonia was to expand her bronchial tubes with a stimulant which fucked up her nerve medicine and then she ended up going straight to the psych ward or coming home for um five six days and going straight to the psych ward as soon as we could find a way to get her in because the cops will not touch them unless they've hurt themselves or someone else unless they put someone in bodily danger or in threat of hurting themselves you have to go to the uh, probate court and fill out a piece of paper as it breaks your heart in two to put your mom in the fucking nut house so um yeah I've been through a lot y'all My mom shot at my dad twice, uh, held my dad in his arms, in my arms as I watched him take his last breath and, uh, his whole body, he was a plump round man and his whole body shrunk inwards and turned blue because he took his last breath completely conscious with no comfort meds. He had literally, I had went over and I usually prepared food for him and, um, I brought him uh, a big boy and onion rings that day. And he ate every bite of it. So, um, 
yeah, I've been through a lot. I had a lot of healing to do. And I wrote a whole book. I wrote two whole books and deleted them already. So they're 300 pages each that I deleted. And because I did not want the world... I did not want to present myself until I was healed. Until I could help people. Not so I could make them more mad at their parents. You know, more mad at their job or whatever. Because I ain't that type of bitch as Cardi B said... You might cheat on me. You might be mean to me. You might talk down to me. You might try to control me. But I won't do those things to you because I respect you. I can't bring myself to be that kind of person. So, today's been... The last two days has been really hard for me. And, uh... Now I'm going down to put flowers on my mom and dad's grave. Hopefully I can find some peace there. Because that's where I usually find peace. Because, you know, it's in nature. And nature will nurse us back to sanity when we allow it. When we agree and go into it. Um, ever since May. Ever since before May. this st- Somebody just rang in on my phone and I'm trying to talk on a podcast. Oh, telemarketers. Get this shit figured out, y'all. Get it figured out. Now I lost what I was thinking about. Um, when you're in this vibration, when you're in this lower state, there's a part of you that, well, it's a thread, but it hangs on. Because you know that everything's working out for you. That it might be falling apart right now, but... And that people are pissed at you for sharing your quote-unquote private things and their son's private things and their cousin's private things and their friend's private things. But I don't care what those people think anymore. I have spent my entire life caring what other people think. If you hate me, I don't care because I don't live with you. You don't walk in these shoes. The last time I checked, that's freedom. That's a choice me. So if I want to be vulnerable through a podcast in the middle of a bunch of resistant people, I guess I'll just have to be who I came to be and handle it. Because um, I refuse to stay small. I refuse to not chase my dreams because other people tell me wishes and dreams don't bring anything to you. Someone looked at me right in the eyeballs and told me that I will never get anywhere with wishes and dreams. And that's basically the same thing my dad told me. Only he told me, you will never be anything. You will never go to college. You're going to end up a drug addict, an alcoholic, and um, a whore. And if you don't listen to me. That was his way of manipulating me to get me to do what he wanted me to do. And that's just the way my dad was. He was raised in a country family that didn't have any room for not minding the father. So, um, he expected me to mind him like he had to mind his dad. And I didn't do it. And maybe that's why he stayed on night shift and didn't want to deal with me because he couldn't handle me. I don't know. Plus, I was ADHD undiagnosed back then. So, I was carving my initials into brand new 
bathroom counter vanities. I, I literally carved my own initials into the bathroom vanity that my dad just bought and told him I didn't do it. And I'm the only child. So something possessed me to do it. Although I don't know why I did it. I just did it. You know, I did those. I took apart tape recorders and tried to use them for, um, you know, like science projects and stuff. Uh, I had no one to help me with that kind of stuff. You know, I had to figure out on my own. And then my dad went to Sears and got a brand new tape recorder. The kind you hold with your hand. And, um, you know, like at the end of it, there was this little silver handle. And then you'd lay it down flat and push eject. And then the tape would pop up from... It wasn't like a ghetto blaster kind. It was like sit on the table kind. And, um they were recording each other's conversation because they wanted to have memories of the grandparents and stuff, which of course my mom later threw away, you know, because she was sick. Uh, she was quote unquote cleaning house. Yeah, she was cleaning house. She threw away bills and deeds to the house and everything when she was manic. So, um, we dealt with a lot with mom, but there were really no time for lessons when I was a kid. I didn't learn how to save money. I didn't learn how to um, I was an ADHD child that had absolutely no structure. I actually spent a lot of time alone in my room. And when they fought, I would hide in the closet when I was a kid. You know, so that I didn't get any of these lessons. I had to wait till I was out in the world to get the lessons. You know, because I really wasn't taught anything. And how can you not forgive your parents when they had something like that to deal with? When they had schizophrenia to deal with? Um... How can you not forgive family members for closing the door in their face because they were scared of her? Yeah. I mean, look look what she did. She raised hell. She shot at my dad. She, you know, she damn near killed him twice. So, um, I don't know. I tell you. Um, so, this shit that's going on at home with me and Brian right now, I think it's just expansion pains. We used to call those growth pains or growth, um, what do you call them? Growth growth not growth spurts growing pains that's what it is peppermint mocha coffee helps I did self-love myself enough to get that yesterday despite all of the fucking shit flying at me from my husband oh my god we fought all day yesterday how is that possible he went to work and we argued by text and we argued by verbal all the way to the grocery store and back last night and I thought we were doing good it's just a sensitive time right now I honestly believe that my husband is learning how to be loved he's learning how to accept love he's learning that he is lovable he's learning that he deserves love even though nobody maybe properly loved him his whole life Sure, you can say you love someone, but are you there for them when they need to talk to you? Are you there for them when they go to the hospital? Are you there for them when they've had a hard day at work? Are you there to stop and listen to them and work through things with them? Or just be there for them when they need space? (coughs) Sometimes we need space so we can process, we can understand. Sometimes, (coughs) like over the weekend... Excuse me, I'm like hacking. But um, sometimes, like over this past weekend, um, I'm on a new anxiety pill. And I told him, I said, 
Uh, first, I take a stimulant at 3:45, and as like since I, this is the first time I've tried it, I took the anxiety pill along with it at 3:45. So I did a podcast on the way to work, and by the time I get to work, I'm really relaxed. I'm in a relaxed, comfortable place, and where I had always just taken the stimulant and then the blood pressure pill or whatever that she gave me, I would take through. Nobody's going to be on the bike trail right now. I'm like putting on my brakes. The guy's getting ready to run me over and behind me. Boy, I'll tell you, these trucks, you guys got to slow down, man. You got to slow down. You're going to get in a bad accident if you don't start slowing down. Um, so anyways, I spent the weekend sluggish at work. Um, I left at 1030 on Friday. We had nothing to do, but they were holding us forever and nothing was coming down the line to stock. We're not allowed to be on the phone. We're not allowed to talk. We're not allowed to sign into any other functions. So I spent the day until 1030 until I couldn't take it anymore falling asleep and I told him my husband that I felt like Jabba the Hutt dragging myself around a warehouse with nothing to raise my adrenaline nothing to do and as this anxiety pill brought me lower and lower I was literally falling asleep so I had to leave work I was going to sleep and then Sun or Saturday they offered VTO and I think I really just did it out of spite because he told me Thanks, guy. You see me pulling into a cemetery and you still have no mercy. See? That's that's what I'm creating right now. Because I'm I'm in a very low vibration, so I'm attracting... I hate trucks. I hate trucks riding my ass. And there's been this same truck riding my ass the whole way. So when you get into this vibration, you're going to create shitty shit for yourself. And he wouldn't have cared if he hit me in the ass. And pulling into the cemetery, he would have still blamed it on me. Even though the one he's following too close. Men are struggling with this equaling of the energies. I've noticed that men lock down quicker. And I think that Brian's going through that. He's been so macho and so masculine. And so I don't need this and I don't need that. And I don't need you for so long. That if things don't go his way, he literally flips the fuck out. So... Um, he doesn't know how to process it when someone tells him no, when someone stands up to him, he literally short circuits. And, um, to me, I'm just learning more and more that even though he's not capable of loving me right now, excuse me, the last lesson, the last most valuable lesson, and we don't realize it, but we always save it for last. You're going to find out is self-love. Whether you come down sick and you say, fuck you, I'm staying home today because I'm caring for myself. I don't care about that company. How am I going to help you if I'm in the hospital with pneumonia? If I don't care for myself in the early stages, that's where I'm going to end up. Um, If I don't care for myself in the early stages of finding out my blood pressure is high with a stroke warning. I think that nine-day headache was a stroke warning and I have at least two doctors that agree with me that that was a warning sign. I've been on stimulants for 12 years on and off. And um, with no, absolutely no regard to exercise or 
eating correctly or my own health at all. Just, you know, you walk around thinking nothing will ever happen to you. But it does. It takes its toll. So, um, last time I checked, I am my own individual person. And I am over 21 or 18 years old. And I'm allowed to make my own fucking decisions. And then, guess what? The universe supports me. And the money will come from somewhere. You know? That's what people don't get. They don't get that since he won't allow me to talk to him about these things... Um, have we ever not made it through anything that we've been through together? We've been together for eight years. Have we ever not made it out the other side? No. It passes. And then all of this aggravation and heartache and worry has been for nothing. Because if you ain't dead, then you can find another job. Or you can recover from your illness. Or you can be grateful that a money miracle comes along for you or for me. <laughs> I'll clear myself this time. I always say, I would like money blessing. I would like a money blessing. But I never say for myself. So I'm saying it for myself. I am expecting a money blessing, you know. But anyways, I am financially prosperous. Don't forget to say, don't just say prosperous because you can be prosperous in dog shit. You can be prosperous in leaves in your yard. You can be prosperous in your health. You can be prosperous in love. You can be prosperous in lots of things. So make sure you put that adjective on the beginning that cash flow is on its way and pouring into your life. So um, I I did a money meditation the other day and then I got a text notification from a... um, I'm at mom and dad's grave. I'm just talking with you guys. It's so cold out here right now. It's like 29 degrees or something in Ohio. I don't know. But um, it's a beautiful sunny day. But I forget what I was talking to you about now. See, I wanted to tell you. You're going to put the flowers on the grave with my mom. Or with my dad and mom. For, with me. Who cares? I spoke wrong. Guess what? We always do that. It does. Your podcast doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to inspire one fucking person. And if that one fucking person isn't the person I love the most in the world, which is Brian, then I'll inspire someone else. I'm not going to quit doing my podcast. He's not going to bring me down. And I think that this is the part, the le- that's what I was getting to. The lesson of self-love always comes last because we don't realize it until we get there that we have, there's nothing else to do for anybody else. Everybody, all of a sudden, everybody's okay, but I'm the one falling apart. So then... It's weird because that space just opened, you know, like now you're going to, you're ready for this, you know. And, um, I started having to make choices that my husband didn't agree with because of bills that we, he don't get to keep those bills. If I leave him, I keep those bills and he don't get to clean up my credit. I'm responsible for that. Um, it's like I'm growing up right here in front of the whole world because, I never learned how to handle my credit report before. I had to look up how to save money and how to um, improve my credit score and get by, you know, doing my own stuff that an ADHD person convinces themselves that they are not capable of doing because they have been programmed and brainwashed by everybody for so long that they are stupid, they're slow, they're ignorant, they're dumb. I mean, it probably comes from people's sisters and brothers just as much as it came from my mom and dad. Or the, the, the question 
on everyone's lips if you're not ADHD. The parents of ADHD people. My dad and my mom said this to me so many times that I... Okay, I'll just say it. What the fuck is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? What does that statement imply to the person that it's aimed towards? That there is something wrong with them because they're not acting correctly. They're not acting the, in alignment with what that person wants is what's really going on. You're not pleasing them. So they project to you that there is something wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with you. You're perfect. You just don't... You've just done something that's triggered them. Or not aligned with what they wanted. Or how... For screwing in a screw, are you kidding me? My dad used to say, what's wrong with you? When I couldn't put a screw in fast enough for him. You know, when I couldn't, uh, you know, when I dragged the hose or the um, vacuum cleaner down the driveway after he said, hey, miss, bring me that, roll me that vacuum down the driveway so I can vacuum this truck out. I rolled the vacuum down the driveway, brought it to him, and he said, well, God damn, one of these days she's going to die by her own hand. And he said, you know you just drugged that extension cord through that puddle, right? And that you could have died right then? So he made me fearful of my own self by programming me with that. Which this is stuff, trust me, you guys, he's laying here in the grave. I have forgiven him for this stuff. This is stuff that I figured out, oh, that's the way his dad treated him. Intimidation, tough love. Um, things of that nature, which served his purpose well. He came out and got a job that lasted him his whole life. He was um, one of the other generation. The, now you, you're lucky if you get to keep your... They want you out before you get to the good benefits. And trust me, I just walked that path. And um, I was positive that I was going to win, and I made it to the other side. So come January, I have some new benefits that are actually going to open up that time for me to write my book proposal that's due for Hay House. So, um, before I get too low on time, I've got 18 minutes left. I'm going to get out and do this with my mom and dad. And I'm going to talk to you while I'm doing it so I don't lose it down here again. Because every time I come here, I lose it. So, I was an only child, and I'm a sensitive person. And I guess one of my worst fears was being alone. And here I am. Don't fear something so much because <laughs> it'll manifest. Don't give it a lot of energy because it'll manifest. And here it is, mom and dad. But I told them, I said, I will not let you lie here and have brought me into this world for nothing. Because I will do what I came here to do and I'll make you proud. And you guys have front row seats now. So they get to watch me. They don't have to sit and wait on Missy the call them and tell them what's going on in their life in her life anymore um and if I have family members that I reach out to because I feel sad because I can't spend time with them it's because I don't want to fuck up with my new family I want to help I want to help you cook dinner I want to help set up for Christmas I want to be a part of it I want to make up for how I fucked up with them you know, I fucked up with my parents a lot. I fucked up a lot. And uh, I guess that's what I'm working on right now is forgiving them for that. Or for forgiving myself, rather. 
I'm glad I got here before anybody else did because I don't want other people to bring flowers for their vase and then me have to pull them out because I love them and I want to put stuff on their grave and I think that's why I've suffered a lot because I didn't make it a priority to honor the people that loved me and that I love. I didn't put it as a priority so it would eat my soul at every holiday that I hadn't been down here but the excuse that kept running over in my head was um they're not there anyways they're not there anyways you know their bodies are their soul is not here their bodies that would you know the 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 monument is a place to honor them after they're gone is what I've understood now. I know. Well, I said, why do people want to come and torture themselves and cry? Well, I guess it's a form of healing when you come here. You know, because uh, we don't know we're suffering inside until we don't come. Until we don't celebrate them. I mean, they gave me life. And they gave me an opportunity to come here and, and be a part of this world. And, um, I need to honor them for that. And, uh, I don't care to share those feelings with you because I would like to keep you from going through them yourself. Go see your parents while they're alive because you'll be so glad that you did. You'll be so glad that you did. I didn't go see my mom for three years in the nursing home because I was greedy over the money that my dad left and uh, I was ashamed and uh, I let her die there without me coming to see her and she called me all the time and my ex had to call, call me and tell me my mom was in hospice and it was too late when I got there I didn't want to watch my mom die and uh she didn't let me either because I stayed there for four days. I came home and took a shower twice. So I guess somehow I thought making up for it, I would make up for it. If I stayed with her the whole time, you know. And uh, the Saturday that it came to me, the epiphany came to me, is that the whole time my mom called, I would say, I'm not coming over there to see you because... I don't want to watch you die the way I watched my dad die. And the Saturday that I figured out that my mom wasn't going to let me, she was going to honor that for me. She wasn't going to die in my presence. She was waiting until I said goodbye to her for good before she would pass. Because I left twice and the nurses said, come back. She's, we're losing her. If you want to say goodbye, you better get back. So I would come back and mom would come the stats would come right back up and that happened twice and I'm like oh god she's not gonna leave until I'm gone so I had to make the decision to leave my mom and say goodbye to her and um while I was getting my stuff together I put Alan Jackson Christmas CD in and I put chapstick on her lips one more time and I left her and I knew that she wasn't go going until I left. And I told her I loved her. 
and I wished I could talk to her one more time. But her eyebrows would move. And I know she could hear me. And I left. And I went straight to Meyer, And I bought all of the little supplies. The little clothespins for the pictures. I hung her pictures on a clothesline. Because she was a housewife. And she loved to care for people. And make dinner. And she made the best food in the world. And she gave so much to other people. And she had like 20 people at her funeral. It was so sad. But she and dad wanted to be buried out here. So I, they could be here for me. They didn't want to go to Kentucky. They could have had hundreds lining up out, out of their fucking funeral home. If I would have had her laid out down there. So that night they called me when I was walking through Meyer and said she was gone. It was about two hours after I left. And I was making my mom's poster board. I don't know if it was when I was at Meyer or when I was already at home making the poster board with her. You know, getting it ready. And Brian helped me get the pictures. Onto a DVD. <laughs> and then, uh. I had to wait two weeks before I could handle coming back to my mom and dad's grave. Because when we brought her down here on Christmas Eve to bury her, her whole head collapsed. And they still had her in her vault sitting out as they did the funeral proceedings. And there was probably like five people on Christmas Eve. So this is a real hard time of the year for me anyway. So I'm sure it has something to do with that it's a subconscious trigger it it came in you know come in before thanksgiving as well and i get really sensitive and i mean every holiday it's like a it's like torture because you don't have the people you love with you but um that's why i'm doing the work i do because i believe that um that we will see our family and friends again i do have that hope and i know and I believe in uh, things that don't yet exist on this planet uh, that, you know, other people don't believe in. Yeah, I believe in heaven. I believe they're watching me. Heaven's just a higher dimension to me. So I know my mom and dad are still with me. They, because the higher dimensions can see down. We can see down to ants. Or we can see down into the world of like a pond where tadpoles swim. And they don't have a clue that there's another world out here. Well, there's another world above us in a different dimension that's just one breath away that we can. We can sense it, but um, I know they're there. I know they're with me. I need to find one more pine cone, Dad, for your side. Because, um... Uh, I needed the piece more than anything. I should have stopped and got a piece of foam for the little vases, but I needed the piece worse. So I said, there's probably foam in there since there's already some flowers in there that some loving soul came down and put in. Thank God other people in my family were able to come do it because I sure wasn't.
I'm still in a lot of pain over my parents. And uh, I suffer quite a bit around the holidays. Any holiday, their birthday or Christmas or whatever, you know. And, um, you know, it's hard for Brian to understand that pain because he still has both his parents. He And, you know, he hasn't had that kind of pain in his life yet. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, I can't explain it to him because until you've lost your parents, you don't know what it's like. All I know is it's been one hard path for me and I'm ready for it to get a lot easier, you know. I've done a lot of suffering and if my vulnerability pisses some people off in the process, I don't really care because last time I checked, this is my fucking life. And um, if you don't like that I'm talking about my personal life and people that you care about, I guess you just have to be triggered. You just have to be pissed at me. Because it's my freedom and it's my right to do, to speak out and help other people heal. And um, I feel drawn, especially to keep my mom's spirit alive. And my mom liked to help people. And my dad was pretty, he was pretty banged up emotionally. So he had night terrors and he was pretty antisocial. And he didn't talk to a lot of people. He wasn't. He was kind of like Brian. He's a little rough around the edges. He loved you, but he loved you in his own way. So maybe maybe that's a roundabout way of what I'm supposed to realize is that Brian loves me. He just loves me in his own way. He loves me from the level of consciousness that he's at. And I was hoping that we'd get to um we'd get synchronized, you know? That we'd get things figured out cuz I really like Brian a lot. He's He's the most interesting of all of my husbands, and I actually suffer when we don't do well together. You know, I suffer a lot, and I cry a lot, because for some reason, that asshole, for some reason, that asshole brought me into his life, and now, now I love him already, so, and then the ribbon that I put on mom's says believe and it's so pretty it's red glitter and um it's very festive and uh, people might see that and say believe what I say believe that I'll see her again believe that I'll hold her and hug her again and the silver bells is because I already told you this but it's fun my mom would go silver bells silver bells she would be real dramatic it's Christmas time in the city. She would be real, try to be real elegant, you know. And she's just a hillbilly girl, you know, singing this fancy song. <clears throat> and uh, everybody in my family who listens to this will know how my mom was. She was like that. She was real theatrical. And, uh, boy, I tell you, she was a gifted woman. She just had that um, sensitivity, the... Um, schizophrenia to me she was just ultra sensitive I think she could hear and see things interdimensionally she could see and hear things that other people couldn't which made her gifted in my book um it was just never embraced that way in this country they were labeled crazy and thrown in to the uh psych wards and um 
doped up and locked up and hidden away and not respected in any way, shape, or form. And not only that, humiliated by being put into straps and given electroshock therapy treatments. My mom had so many of those, I can't remember how many series of electroshock therapy treatments she had. Probably seven or eight, I'd say, because there was an Easter Sunday when we got a new puppy dog. My dad let it go when we came home from church on Easter Sunday. My mom came home on a pass, drove to church and everything herself. And when we talked to her the next week, we had pictures of me and the dog and me and mom together after the Easter egg hunt. And my mom didn't remember a goddamn thing about it. If we didn't have the pictures, she said she would never know that she came home on a pass. She It fucks your short-term memory up. So now they have... Oh, there's some giant trucks coming by, so it might get loud. But um, looks like I'm coming down to about four minutes on this. And I will take a picture. Maybe I'll just go ahead and change the picture from the fish tank because that was what I was going to talk about but I think you know what we talked about now is better I shifted into love instead of anger so that's that's a blessing right there I'm headed in the right in the right direction at least I used it you guys will help me center myself and ever since I came ever since I went to the writer's workshop for Hay House in Toronto in May Oh, Will Smith was right in those YouTube videos. He would say, you just make a decision. You just make that decision that it's going to happen. And then the universe bends for you because the universe is like water. It wants to bend and flow around you and stuff like that. And he says it. He's like, it's an interview. If you go to look for it, I don't remember the name of it. But it's an interview with a, uh, another black gentleman who's kind of heavy set, And he has a talk show. And he was talking about... I am legend. He was interviewing for I am legend and he ended up mentioning the alchemist and how, you know, that related to what he was talking about. But, um, he said, you make this decision and you don't budge from plan A. You don't make a plan B. You don't say if this happens, the, if that don't work out, then I'm going to do this. There is no not working out. When you are a manifester, you decide. You make the decision that this is going to happen on a certain date. And it's going to, you know, this is a result I want. You don't, you may not pick out all the squiggly gray area in between. But ever since I made the decision to win that contract, I've had to do some massive healing. I've been pulled into everything that triggers me, triggers everything that needs to be healed. So I can walk in those shoes. So I can receive that check. And I am feeling worthy of it. That I am the person that feels like they deserve that check and that book contract. Because it's, I feel like it's my purpose. I feel like what I've studied for 12 years, whether it happens with a long series of books through Hay House or a series of books that I produce for myself. You know, because if I'm too hot to handle for Hay House, then, you know, usually triggery things 
bring more interest. People talk about it more because it pisses them off. So they end up inadvertently giving it more energy than they wanted. And they don't know that they're actually helping that situation grow. So um, if I'm too hot to handle for them, I'm sure that Llewellyn or one of the other publishing houses can handle me. But I have got my sights set on March 2019. Uh, Read Tracy calling me and telling me that I've won this book deal. Um, but it is time to go. I've got 30 seconds. And I hope the podcast helped you today. And I love you guys. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. And I'll post my plugs the next time. So you can uh, get in here and support me through social media or through PayPal. Um, I always forget to do that. (laughs) See, I forget to take care of myself. All right, 12 seconds. Peace out. Love you, global family, and big hugs, and Merry Christmas this week. Celebrate it. Don't hold back because of money. The universe will support you. Bye-bye. From a bird-watching nurse to a line-dancing firefighter, nobody's just one thing. That's why Polar Pop and Froster aren't either. Choose from all kinds of flavors and make your mix. Polar Pop and Froster, just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. Seven billion humans on Earth can't all like the same drink. That's why Circle K has Polar Pop and Froster. Pick your flavors and make that one in seven billion mix just right for you. Polar Pop and Froster, just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations.